Welcome to Sports, Clips, and Politics with your hosts, Ben Husson and me, Sean Hannon. need a mask. The mask is about compliance because they know Canadians like to do what they're told. So if they tell you you have to wear a mask, next they're going to tell you you have to contact trace. Then they're going to tell you you have to take the vaccine. And because Canadians like to do what they're told, they're hoping that everyone just complies. And then guess what, kids? Once you take your vaccine, like a dumb person that doesn't know any better, they're going to tell you, sorry, the vaccine isn't as effective as we thought it was going to be. So now you still got to wear your mask, still got to get contact trace, still have all the restrictions and social distancing and still take your vaccine and then what did you get out of all of this you got a whole year where you weren't allowed to travel your business was closed they took your rights and freedoms they forced the vaccine on you and what happened the same amount of people died everything is the exact same and now they're going to put you back on lockdown and bring it all the way till july of next year so they can do the same thing again bring you from july august and september getting you off lockdown but just to bring you back on lockdown again if you idiots haven't figured it out yet it's a perpetual cycle that you never get out of and it's a way to take your rights your freedoms close your business take your wealth why so you become dependent on government why if you're independent the government works for you like it's supposed to if you depend on the government to give you a paycheck to feed your family every month because they closed your business on you now the government doesn't work for you the government rules you so instead of a middle class we have the government upper class and the lower class dependents that rely on the government to survive in other words we have a slave class and that's what they're trying to do it's that simple well welcome to episode 60 of sports clicks and politics chris guys that was a year ago mr Hughesong. i think that's what's called a truth bomb <laughs> yeah i mean how, how much that guy nailed it like I said, that was, I think that was actually June or July of last year. So he's actually calling for a July lockdown. And we got some stuff we're going to talk about today that might make him, uh, I called him uh, COVID Nostradamus, something like that, some uh, version of that. Welcome, everybody, to uh, episode 60 of Sports Clicks and Politics. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, Mr. Hughesong, thank you for joining us. Great to be here. As always, I'm sure we got some uh, wonderful uh, news stories to cover uh, today that you're uh, excited to uh, share with the people. Yeah, I wonder what we're going to talk about. More of the same. This is getting crazier. Let's let's first, uh, before we get into the news stories, uh, if you guys could be so kind as to like and share this video. Uh, also subscribe to the channel and uh, hit that notification bell and you'll be notified when we go live and release new content. So it's uh, very much appreciated. Helps, them, helps us with the what, Ben? It helps with the algorithm. I like to say algorithms. It helps with the algorithms. I'm sure there's multiple. <laughs> I don't know either. But anyway. If there's we more than worried, one, they all become the same algorithm? I guess. Or are they all fair. unique no, algorithms? I don't know. Either way, it helps us. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's, uh, let's first, before we get into some, uh, I don't know if this is, this is not great news either, but I guess, but let's, before we get into the uh, health part of the uh, portion of the show, let's talk a little bit about the sports portion of the show. Mr. Hughesong, your Buffalo Bills are rumored to be moving to Austin, Texas. I know I'm breaking news to you here a little bit here. Uh, the Pagulas, the owners of the uh, Buffalo Bills, have come out and said that they need something like $1.5 billion. Uh, they're looking for public funds for a new stadium in Buffalo. And Austin, Texas is being floated as a potential destination for your Buffalo Bills. What sayeth you, Mr. Hughesong? Keep Austin weird. 
Yeah. I mean, what the heck? No, I, I mean, <laughs> I guess I'm torn. Obviously, I love the Bills. I love that they're in Buffalo. I lived in Buffalo for 10 or 12 years. Um, love the team. It, it, like, as much as I can now. I'm not as into it as I once was, admittedly. But I, the fact that all these NFL owners keep getting public funds for, for all of these stadiums and everything and every economic survey and, and study ever, all they ever conclude is like, yeah, at best it's a wash. Like, it's it's not going to do much. Uh, I think it's good for the culture. I think it's good for Buffalo. I'm sure they're going to get the money. So I've just sort of resigned myself to it of like, eh, they'll, they'll pony up the cash. Yeah, there's been, already been a push from local officials, you know, Cuomo all the way to the top here in the state, Schumer even. So there's some uh, political power that would like to keep uh, the Buffalo Bills here in uh, your uh, hometown of Buffalo there. Um I'm not sure Austin's going to be the destination. I feel like Jerry Jones has probably got a stranglehold on whether or not uh, uh, he's going to get at least one vote in that decision. And I'm sure he's got influence over others. It would be very hard pressed for me to believe that he would just give up Austin. uh, What is it? Like the 10th biggest city or something. something. It's up there. So, um, but I mean, the threat is out there now. I mean, it's it's in the universe there. I mean, this has been in the universe before the bills are moving to some other places. So, um, I don't know. We'll keep our, keep an eye on the uh, on your hometown Buffalo Bills for more than one reason. Uh, another reason to keep an eye on them is this your new favorite player? I don't oh, know if yeah. we talked about Cole Beasley. No question. So I don't want to talk too much on this. We talked a little bit about it last week, but because training camps opened immediately, everybody went to Cole Beasley for you know comment, comment so that they could uh, uh, you know keep the the, the vaccine uh, in the news, if you will, or the vaccine hesitant in the news. But I, the one thing I always wanted to bring point because like. Beasley's been in the league 10 years. He's not a superstar. He's he's a, a, a workman's pro. Like People like him because he's that guy, right? Yep. And he's been in, in the league for a long time. But I want to go to a part of what he, a bit of his statement was, um, in large part because it wasn't about him, and uh, you know he basically is getting labeled as selfish. And so I want to read this part of, the, of his statement to, to you. So this is Cole Beasley. Some people may think I'm selfish in making this a me thing, It is all about the young players who don't have a voice and who are reaching out to me every day because they're being told if they don't get vaxxed, they'll be cut. Agents are being told by teams if they have unvaccinated guys, they will not be given opportunities, as of now, to be seen in workouts. So once unvaccinated players get cut, they're losing a dream they have worked their whole lives for, vaccine uh, over a vaccine that has proven not to keep people from contracting COVID, as we've seen. So... I want to touch on that. We'll touch on that point a little bit more because we've seen some new data come out to his point that the vaccinated can still spread this. So I, I think his point is valid in large part because NFL contracts are literally worth nothing. And a, there is a hungry player ready to get that vax if some players don't. Um, it's setting a really bad precedent here. Um, I'm glad that somebody is speaking out. Like I said, I wish it was more people. Um, but I think he's right in the sense that the young NFL players literally have nothing to stand on, especially rookies. Right. Um, they, they, you know, they, there's, they literally can be cut at a, at a drop of a hat, and for I've seen them get cut for seemingly less important things. So, your boy Cole Beasley staying out in front of the uh, the uh, being the uh, pinata, if you will, for the unvaccinated uh, players here, and uh, I think he's probably doing it for more pro athletes than just the NFL players as well. I mean, I think you're right, and it does make sense. And his position is not, like, radical. People are losing their minds over this. About a 33-year-old professional athlete who's looking at the data and saying, I just don't want to get it because I think I'm I'm pretty good health and I don't want to do it. 
And then he kind of gets his back up as everybody tries to like say, well, they're going to do this to you and that to you. And then he just digs his heels and is like, I'm not going to be coerced into this. If you can give me data to persuade me this is in my best interest, spoiler, they can't. From just a health standpoint, I'll, I'm in. But the reality is that that is not there. It doesn't support a 33-year-old professional athlete getting vaccinated. It, like The cost-benefit or the risk-benefit analysis does not add up. Good for Cole Beasley for standing up because you know there's a lot of guys that want to say something but won't. And or it's, can't. Or can't. Right, right. They're I mean, stuck. I mean, theoretically can't. You know, right. Listen, and for anybody that wants to say, well, it's just, it's all these white Republicans that are denying the vaccine, it's factually incorrect. Like, if you look at the breakdown of who's not getting vaccinated, it, it's not white Trump guys. Like, that's not it. It's some of that, and a lot of it is in the black community that, that are somewhat, I don't know, I hate this term, but let's go with it, the vaccine hesitancy of, of just a refusal to get it. And so it, it would make it a lot easier if you could just cast him on the same light as, you know, everybody else wearing a MAGA hat. But the reality is there's a lot of guys in the NFL from the black community that if you want to just parse out the data, I think it's a reasonable conclusion to say it's probably a fair amount of them that don't want to get the vaccine. But they don't have the leverage that Cole Beasley has where he has already made life-changing generational money. So what does he care? Like, he's going to play football, but he's not going to be coerced into this because he doesn't need to be. The younger guys are not in that position. They have not made that kind of money. They have this huge opportunity, and now they are leveraged into they can be coerced. So good for Cole. Yeah. Truly. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get a jersey because I don't do that, but if there right. was a guy, it might be him. There was ever one. All right, so let's scare everybody out of their gourds here for a second. That sounds fun. I mean... That's what we do best here, I think. So um, what would you think if I told you uh, at the top of a Tibetan glacier, I don't know if it was the top, but somewhere near the top, I'm sure they weren't at the bottom, um, of a Tibetan glacier uh, that they found and discovered 15,000-year-old uh, viruses that never been, never been uh, known to mankind uh, until right now. Awesome. So I'm going to read <laughs> Read from this article. Researchers determined that ice was nearly 15,000-year-old using combination of traditional and new novel techniques to date this ice core. When they analyzed the ice, they found genetic codes for 33 viruses. Four of those viruses have been identified by the scientific community, but at least 28 of them now are novel. About half of them seem to be, uh, half of them have survived at the time they were frozen, not in spite of the ice, but because of it. So basically these viruses are froze uh, in time, kind of like a Jurassic Park, but on a minuscule level. Yeah, but somehow on a more terrifying level than yeah. The I mean, I'm, Park I wait, yeah. at, at this point of our our lives, we should all be more fearful of viruses than uh, dinosaurs. Yeah, listen, if anybody's worried, don't worry. My eight year old son has made it his purpose in life to bring back dinosaurs, but he's only eight, so you got to give him more time. Okay, but the virus thing seems like a way worse idea. I would trust my eight year old to bring back dinosaurs before I trusted the current health community to bring back fifteen thousand year old viruses, and I would anticipate worse effects from the viruses than the dinosaurs. Yeah. Like I said, I kind of stumbled across this article, and it kind of seemed pertinent, but terrifying all the same. It's horrifying. So, like, you know yeah. they're going to mess around with it. Like, yeah, oh, they're for sure. They're going to play with this, and it's going to end up like, oh, we never could have seen it coming. Like, oh, God help me. Here we all go right. again. Yeah. All right. And so let's, <laughs> this to a, to a far less uh, scary situation, let's talk about this uh, January 6th hearing, because they, uh, they have begun this week, and... I'm not sure that neither one of us are going to sit down and watch any sentence uh, uttered from that commission. But I, I, I want to know if, do, if you think that there will be any kind of uh, discussion, investigation, anything, note, knowing that the 
FBI was uh, present at these, uh, whatever it was, uh, whatever they're calling the insurrection here, um, that there was at least one FBI agent on site there. And uh, knowing what we know now about the uh, Michigan kidnapping uh, or the kidnapping of Michigan Governor uh, Whitmer, that that was two thirds, basically FBI informants. Do we think that this part of the investigation will be discussed in this and or the Capitol Police letting people into the doors? (laughs) You're hilarious. Of course not. I mean, aren't those the two basic major things that you should start with? Uh, there's so many. At least places. the Capitol Police, right? Like, yeah. this should be literally, you should start your investigation with, okay, why did some people let them in? Why did they stand down? What, what, you know, these are things that just to get, to go forward with any kind of legitimate investigation, you yeah. need to start with that information. I'm enjoying the irony of this all the way around. Like, people that for the last year have been talking about how cops are all racist murderers are now really pro-police, and the people that have been, like, back the blue through and through are not, like... These guys are idiots. It's it's kind of fun to watch this change occur. Uh, listen, for an insurrection, it's just pretty tame. <laughs> uh, it was. Just, I mean, I'm not saying what they did was right. I agree. You got to send a message making clear that you cannot do this and this will not be tolerated. And that message would have been: find them, charge them, try them, convict them on trespassing. And this is what I mean: all these people being charged. How many are actually being charged with treason or sedition? None of them being charged. They're actually all just sitting in a jail cell. That's what's really messed up. And you hit the nail on that. That is the problem. These guys got arrested in January. It is now August, and they have been sitting in jail without any possibility of getting out. The government has ruined these people's lives. Because how many of you out there could take six months off of your job or your business with no ramifications? Because you're sitting in a jail cell. Because the government has accused you of fomenting insurrection. How many of you? This is awful. This is like you have a right to a speedy trial in this country for a reason. And it's so the government cannot do this. It's so they can leverage you to get you to take plea deals against a criminal trespassing charge on federal property so that they don't charge you with four more counts of the exact same thing when at least some of these people were invited into the building. Like if you are a true believer that this was an insurrection, please explain to me why, number one, nobody brought a gun. Number two, They walked between the ropes, going around and taking pictures and following in an orderly fashion. It was a mostly peaceful interaction. It was a mostly peaceful (laughs) interaction. They're taking pictures and posting them online. Like, you don't do that if you're there to insurrect. Now, is it still illegal? Yes. Should they still have been arrested, tried, and charged? Absolutely yes, and probably found guilty, except in the instances where they were let in. Because I'm sorry, but if the security force outside the building unlocks the door, flips it open, yells to get your attention, and then says, come on in. I don't agree with it, but come on. That's not trespassing. You have now been welcomed onto the property, or you have reasonable basis to assume you were welcomed into the property. Sorry, that's the law. So the fact that we're lumping all of these people together is insane and lazy. The fact that these people have been sitting in a jail cell for a nonviolent trespassing, and I don't know if it was, listen, take your definition of nonviolent however you want. If the protests over George Floyd and everything else over the summer were nonviolent, these protests were definitely nonviolent. If not, then they were all violent protests. And it's discouraging to see this treated so differently because I think the end game is a domestic Patriot Act bill. I think that's what you're getting at. I think all of this is leading in that direction. And so to your original question, that's why you're not going to hear about the FBI involvement because that would really undermine the need for a domestic Patriot Act bill when you've literally got the FBI involved with every major terrorist event or potential terrorist event in the last 10 years. 
FBI foils its own plot so often. I'm genuinely curious. If the FBI did not exist, would we need an FBI? I don't think we would. I think half the need comes from their own informants and their people, where they coerced like an autistic kid 10 years ago to set off a bomb. They radicalized him. They got him to press a button on a fake bomb and then arrested him and claimed a victory. Like the, And we want to give these people more power. We want to give them more authority and less oversight. What's wrong? Yeah, like I said, I, <clears throat> I'm guessing that you're right and they're not going to talk about this, but I don't understand how anybody could actually legitimize a result of the investigation without having the role of the Capitol Police and the FBI part of the investigation. And there's, until they do, it's there's, a sham. There's going to be people that have the means to sit in that jail for six weeks without feeling leveraged. And those are going to be the people whose lawyers are going to come out, and some of them will probably do it pro bono, that are going to come out and make very public statements about how insane all this is. And they get the right to present evidence. They get the right to do everything. There are videos, guys. There's videos of the police letting people into the building who weren't even trying to get in. They weren't even banging on the door. They weren't trying to knock down the glass. They weren't doing anything. They were holding signs, yelling, stop the steal, stop the steal. And all of a sudden, the door flips open. The cop's like, yo, come on in. And the guy in the video is like, I feel like this is a trap. Should have listened to your instincts, bud. That was a trap. But, like, it's funny, but it's so wrong. Like, some of these people, yeah, like the, the Cole Beasley lookalike that tried to steal the podium. Sorry, bud. You're probably getting arrested. Can't steal the podium out of Congress. It's frowned upon. You had to know that was illegal. But the, the guy, like, oh, God. There's just so many instances of this. The, the dude in the Viking suit with, like, all painted up who's still been sitting in jail now for seven months. That's longer than the sentence. Yeah, it's, like I said, that part of it is is disturbing, just that our government can do that kind of thing, and they've done it before. We, we've talked about things even it's, worse with Julian Assange kind of things, and there's, if they don't like you, they don't like you, and if they can label you, they will do whatever they need to do to make sure that label sticks, and that's what they're doing. It's disturbing watching how many people are so supportive of this because it's not their people being targeted. Yeah. It's not. And that's that's what's so horrifying is like how much people are just on board because they feel like they're the good guy and the government will never come for them. Yeah. Scary. All right. So let's switch gears. This is going to be a kind of like a hodgepodge of stuff here, but I'm going to start with the uh, Wall Street Journal uh, opinion piece that I shared with you. Uh, why is the FDA attacking a safe, effective drug? Uh, ivermectin is a promising COVID treatment and prophylaxis, but the agency is uh, denigrating it. So... I want to compare this to a little bit to the lab leak in large part because nobody was covering the lab leak like nobody was covering the, the ivermectin story or still is covering, covering the ivermectin story. But there were credible people who were getting information out there and the media just wasn't picking up on it. Um, and that's why I'm comparing the two. Uh, eventually, the lab leak, uh, which was the uh, idea that uh, SARS-CoV-2 was uh, created in a lab and then leaked or accidentally or purposely would either way, most likely accidentally from the Wuhan lab of virology in Wuhan, China, um, was basically considered a Trump conspiracy theory and wasn't talked about because Trump's name is tied to it. Now, Trump's name is not tied to ivermectin, but it's tied to hydroxychloroquine, which basically was touted similarly early on in this pandemic as a cheap, effective way to help mitigate uh, symptoms and you know people uh, in the hospital and, and people from dying. So I don't want to really necessarily hash out the hydroxychloroquine argument again, but I'm wondering if the fact that this op-ed posted in the Wall Street Journal, a mainstream legacy media uh, arm of the uh, establishment here, if you will, um, 
coming out with this, similar to, I think it was Nick Wade, who is the former New York Times science editor who released something on Medium, so not necessarily a, 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 a mainstream outlet, but he was a mainstream uh, publish, you know, uh, article, author, I guess. So um, somebody who has mainstream credibility came out with his op-ed, basically, I don't say validating the lab leak hypothesis, but it allowed other media people to actually start asking questions. So Mr. Hughesung, I am wondering, I am hoping that now that this article has uh, been published in the Wall Street Journal, that maybe, possibly, that some other media people will start covering ivermectin, um, especially since we now seem to be having a uh, uh, propensity for uh, continued mask and lockdown stuff. So any hope, uh, any uh, encouragement that this uh, article was released here from the Wall Street Journal at all? Yes, but I think it's probably going to come out that some mainstream organization will come out against it and cite some study that shows it's not a miracle cure. It doesn't do anything that it says it does. And it's 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 not that it's bad, but we need more testing. And, and thank God the NIH is doing it. So we should all just wait till the results of those tests in March of 2023. So I'm hoping that this speeds up that process, that this at least gives cover to some curious reporter who wants to write an article that might, you know, catch some ire from some people, but actually may help people as a whole. And I'm hoping that I'm hoping that this is just going to be similar. Like I said, not that the lab leak has been completely adopted as, uh, uh, as fact at all, because I don't know that it is, but it seems to be the most likely uh, outcome and has seemed like the most likely outcome for a long time, but it was uncovered because again, Trump's name was tied to it. And I'm, I just feel like it's a very similar situation here with ivermectin. And there are, you know, even more people I feel like now in the ivermectin camp uh, and writing about it, like Matt Taibbi, like he's a, 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 you know, a relatively, he's an independent journalist, but he's a well-known independent journalist um, has written about this. So there's at least some news getting out there for people who are at least looking for an alternative treatment to a vaccine or what's been going on so far. And again, it's cheap and, and inexpensive. So I don't know. I'm encouraged by it. Like I said, I'm, I'm hoping that it, it leads to more uh, coverage, I guess. I've given up on anybody in the media having any level of curiosity to look into this stuff because it's not like this is new. I'm sorry, but it's not. Yes, it's good. The Wall Street Journal is finally talking about it, but Let's even go back to the lab leak theory. When, it, when you first started looking into it, all of this data being publicly available of the way the spike protein matched up, like it was there. The way that it, it very much appeared like, hey, this lines up with exactly the type of, of uh, work, gain-of-function research that was happening in the Wuhan lab, and it was released. And the bats that they're claiming that caused the outbreak are 800 miles away from Wuhan in their natural habitat. That's 800 miles. That's like, again an outbreak in Syracuse, New York, and we blame it on the birds in Savannah, Georgia. Meanwhile, there's a flu and respiratory research center right there. And we know they weren't following safety protocols. We know people got sick early on in all of this and that that worked at Wuhan. They had the exact same symptoms of COVID back in like September. And I think one or two got sick and maybe one died. Um, Nobody looked into that. No. No, we're still not looking into it. It's just acknowledged that it's possible. And then so then the idea is like, well, how do you definitively prove it? Like, well, you'd have to go through all the research and all the data that was performed at the Wuhan. Like, well, who has that? The Chinese government. Well, did we ask them for it? Yep. How'd that go? They won't give it to us. Sure. I mean, who would want to hand over exonerating evidence showing that you didn't do any of it when you could just cover it up? Like, um, uh, okay. And then watching Anthony Fauci go out and just claim over and over again. 
Well, we weren't funding gain-of-function research. Like, really? Because you were funding it. Then you put the moratorium on gain-of-function, and the exact research they were doing through EcoHealth Alliance, they applied for the exception to the gain-of-function research moratorium, and you gave it to them. So why did you grant the exception if you didn't believe it was gain-of-function research? And then what did the media do with that? Well, again, this is pretty black and white. What did the media do? Uh, yeah, I mean. This not is, a thing. I know. Not a thing. So, yeah, it's great that we finally have some people talking about ivermectin. We can't even get the nat- like the, the legacy press, the legacy media or politicians to acknowledge natural immunity. Moments ago, True. Governor Cuomo well, announced all patient yeah. faces. Sometime in the future. That's all right. That's going to lead right into it. Like, we can't even get people to acknowledge natural immunity, number one, exists, which is laughable that it's it's gotten that far. Number two, that all of the research that's coming out right now, with the exception of one study, which only measured antibodies instead of full immunity and only for a shortened period of time, every other study coming out is saying all indicators point to natural immunity is more robust, longer lasting. Which would be, again, the exact thing you would expect with a respiratory virus. You get it, you recover, your body now has some type of immune response. This is why 20, or I shouldn't say that, but in a related note, we couldn't get anybody to acknowledge that 20 to 50% of the populations in every different country seem to have naturally occurring immunity to COVID-19. T-cell immunity, never had it, never had exposure. T-cell immunity to COVID-19. Why? So now I'm looking at this and going, I can't get you to acknowledge natural immunity. You're pushing the vax on everybody. Ivermectin is the safest drug on the planet. And hydroxychloroquine, same thing, very safe drug. All that you touted every single time was the one or two studies that showed it didn't work. Like, they cannot tow the party line fast enough. They just want to show what good little lapdogs they are and going right along with it because they're trying to keep people safe and they don't want to spread that evil misinformation like that idiot Donald Trump. I don't want to be one of his guys. So we've just ignored truth. Like journalists, I, I don't know if any of them have any true objective curiosity left. It's just going along with it for the sake of getting along. And I don't blame them because anybody that does finally stand up and go, hey, wait, gets ostracized, gets belittled, gets defunded, gets deplatformed. They come after you. And now personally, that makes me go, wow, that's really wrong. We should really be listening to this person. But everybody else just agrees. It's, it's the biggest form of groupthink I could ever imagine. It's remarkable. Well, to quote you, uh, Donald Trump made everybody dumber. (laughs) I stand by that quote. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I have more hope only because I know I get what you're saying about the lab leak, and I I definitely get what you're saying about natural immunity. The fact that that can't even be uttered is still ridiculous. Um, There's people, genuine people I have spoken to in real life, not on Twitter, not on Facebook, where I bring up the idea of natural immunity, and they, with the certainty that can only come from ignorance, go, it doesn't even matter. They've already established it. And I'm just staring at this person like, you're like a reasonably intelligent adult. How? What? How? I said if they can convince people that natural immunity is not a thing, then obviously that's going to increase the likelihood of them getting a artificial immunity, I guess. But By the way, let's call it, at this point, vaccine immunity. All right? <laughs> sure. All right. Fair. Let's uh, not watching. I just put finger quotes around the word immunity after vaccine. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that a little bit. Yeah, we will. Let's um, let's talk about our governor. Yay. Since he likes to keep himself in the news uh, when he can play hero, I guess. And give business advice and (laughs) business advice for sure. So you sent me a couple screenshots of his press conference recent here. Um, 
But he has come out basically and announced vaccination rules for state workers uh, and state-run hospitals uh, earlier the week here. So, or last week, I guess it was Wednesday. Yep. Um, and none, and a lot of them won't be a, a a testing option out. So it's either vaccine or or nothing. So for. Right now, the way it's looking, state employees, and I assume this applies to teachers, police officers, stuff like that, anybody who's a state employee, they want you either to get vaccinated or you have to submit to like either weekly or twice a week testing. Anybody working at a state-run hospital who sees patients, so patient-facing employees, there is no testing option. You either get vaccinated or you are fired. Why do we have labor unions again? Well, I mean, the union seems to be, you know, I don't, not all in uh, lockstep with uh, the governor, but the Civil Service Employees Association have, uh, you know, support the the vaccine or test policy. So it's not like they, uh, you know, they're they're in line with uh, the governor. I'm not sure what the rank and file uh, members of the uh, uh, the the group there think. Uh, I'm not sure that that'll ever be made public. So um, I think I the think- one to fight it is going to be the police union. If if this does, and I assume at least state troopers are going to be included in this mandate, if not everybody. And I think that the same way, if you if I saw the data correctly, and please forgive me, I might be remembering this incorrectly, that it was police officers had a lower vaccination rate than most other um, jobs. It, it was on the lower end, and you have to accept this reality. At this point, if somebody is not vaccinated. It's not an accident. It's not like they just haven't gotten around to it. Nine out of ten of the people that are unvaccinated at this point don't care about your $100 debit card. They're just not getting it for whatever reason, whether it's they have natural immunity, they think that Bill Gates is trying to microchip them, general distrust of the government, or just thinking that Pfizer and Moderna are evil pharmaceutical companies that want nothing more than to make money and don't care if they do happen to poison you and will falsify data in order to get you to buy something. Any one of those things. Not saying they're all reasonable. Not saying they're all unreasonable either. Yeah, but you point. got you also got people who you know are just extremely healthy, right? They don't put anything in their body that is right, you know, not natural, or whatever that that means. So there's there are large numbers of people who, as you point out, will never get the vaccine. It's not like anybody has not heard that there's a vaccine out there. Not in America, has, no, and they know that they can get it where they can get it if they want to get it, and they don't. So um, I think trying to, I mean, obviously you've seen uh, De Blasio's giving out a hundred bucks to. To, for people to get vaccinated, just straight hundred dollars if you get your vaccine. It's amazing. So I'm assuming that's going to be coming to a town near us sometime. It's in the near future. Uh, Biden, has, Biden has suggested uh, that uh, hundred dollar vaccine uh, stipends are, you know, people use that stimulus money for for that exact cause. So I, they're going to still try, but I think you're right that that hundred dollars is not going to be enough, uh, not to get enough people to what they think they're they need to get to anyway so let's just play this out in real time if if this happens and police officers who are at or near retirement and are not going to get it i think we could reasonably foresee a drop in police officers with experience i think that's reasonable that if they do follow through on this and they say either get vaccinated and they don't give a testing option but it's either get vaccinated or you're fired then a lot will retire a lot will quit and go do other stuff and they'll go and they'll leave um that'll lead to less police which, I mean, listen, we have a whole debate on policing and everything else, but general correlation says when you have an area with crime and then you get less police in there, you don't generally see a decrease in the crime rate. Generally, it goes up. So I think we can anticipate that coming through. That'll be super fun for everybody in the law of unintended consequences. But I think it's just on some level, this is, whether it's legal or not, whether it's smart or not, it's just morally repugnant to me that you're going to do this. Like, 
a 22 year old, perfectly healthy state employee, uh, you're going to mandate this or that you're going to take away their livelihood. That's insanity. That's not science guys. Not even a little. No, that's insane. So at least some of the private hospitals haven't adopted this yet. Um, they said because it's on emergency use authorization. Right. So, so that's what. Well, I mean, at least that's what they're giving as of right now, right? As Let, their as their reason. They're not they're not following suit because the F, until the FDA makes uh, the vaccine actually f- gets full approval. So like Northwell, which is like the biggest healthcare provider, private employer, says they're not doing it until the FDA officially approves the vaccines i'm guessing that's for legal liability reasons of course but let's talk about you know that's almost like legal liability can make people make responsible or at least somewhat cautious decisions and when you give blanket immunity from liability to companies to sell something a lot of times that goes badly you think people take advantage of that Ah, only every single time just like they take advantage of patent laws international treaties treaties with indian uh native american nations yeah, no, look at the pharmaceutical industry and their record on circumventing laws and liability. It's pretty remarkable. Um, that aside, Andrew Cuomo in this press conference said two of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my entire life. All right. And that's a really, really shocking thing because he said a he's lot arsenal, of dumb yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's it's bad. I mean, you've seen the seal where it says the the screen seal where one plus one equals two? Yes. Okay. This is more than that. This is dumb. Go ahead. All right, so the number one thing he said was we need schools to be more aggressive about getting people vaccinated so the kids don't become super spreaders. Schools don't become super spreaders in September. It could happen. It's happened before. No, it hasn't. No school anywhere has been a super spreader. Not in New York, not in Florida, not in Texas, not in Sweden, not in Denmark, not in India, not in China. Nowhere has a school ever turned in to a super spreader in fact the data is very clear schools that were fully remote had teachers with a higher in, uh, infection rate than schools that were fully open you heard that right the schools that didn't have kids in the classroom at all they had more covid than the schools that had kids in five days a week wearing masks not wearing masks distancing no distancing they've done studies multiple studies whether a school followed every one of these ridiculous precautions about safety, masks, distancing, overall, 1% of, of spread. And that was with a very liberal definition of if you stepped foot on school grounds in the previous two weeks and then got a positive PCR test regardless of symptoms, you counted as a school case. Even in those parameters, less than 1% of it. All right. Like, that is so uh, – and this is why my frustration with the media comes in so hard – why are none of you pointing that out? Are, are you truly unaware of that? And if so, there's only reason you are unaware of that is because you don't want to know. It's because you haven't looked into it at all. Because the data could not be more clear on kids. No, I mean, I guess, yes, some variation. Could it happen that they could become more transmissible amongst children? Sure, it could happen. But to say that it's happened in the past is just scaring people and lying. It's the dumbest idea ever. It's completely unsupported by any relevant data science, school district. Anything you can find will not support that conclusion. Second dumbest thing he said during that during that press conference so that right now we have these vaccines on emergency use authorization so they haven't passed full testing safety because we don't we want to know more about long-term problems and potential for all of this stuff and that's where right now what emergency use means hey there's such a big risk that we need to just go around that and then we'll deal with the consequences because the potential benefit to the people is so great This man legitimately just wants to expedite the full testing to give full authorization. 
So never mind the fact that there's been way more adverse effects than they originally thought there would be. Never mind the fact that people have died within very close proximity to getting the vaccine. Never mind all the myocarditis that they didn't see coming, the fertility issues that they didn't I shouldn't say fertility issues. The effects on female reproductive, uh, what's the word for the system? Reproductive sure. system, that's the word. Like, they didn't see that coming. I'm not saying I'm not sure how good or bad that'll be. Also, how about the fact that the vaccine appears to not really work after six months? That's fun. They didn't see that coming. But you want to now forget the safety testing for the full authorization? I get testing, skipping some of it on emergency use. That's why we have emergency use. You wanting to go around emergency use to full authorization so you can coerce people into getting a vaccine that has not been fully tested is the dumbest thing I have ever heard in my entire life. That is why we have safety trials. That is why we have these. And the exception they carve out is for emergency use authorization, which you already have. So you want to tell the pharmaceutical companies and the FDA, forget all that. Just give full approval so we can coerce more people and force more people to take your vaccine. Who would ask for that? Am I am I nuts? No. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, forget that. Lower the standards on those safety things. Let's just get it to everybody so we can start giving it to kids. Maybe we should remove expiration dates off of milk. I, I think that's a great idea. I mean, I'm just trying to help with costs. I, obviously, like I can't even think of a of an example of what you would do this with. Like it, it's that dumb. Again, it, we'll go into the vaccine stuff, but Cuomo drives me nuts with all this stuff. And now the the thing today, did you see this about what he's asking business owners to do? Yeah, I saw it. He's giving out free business advice. That's what governments do. They're here to help. He's asking businesses to make their establishments vaccinated entry only. And then he says, I think I could make an argument that it will be good for business. It'll help your business and it'll, uh, he didn't use the word coerce, but I'm going to use the word coerce and it'll coerce more people into getting vaccinated. That's insane. That like, that's just crazy. Um, we are living in a clown world, my friend. We do. And listen, let me be the first one to say, although I'm sure I'm not the first one to say it, but I'm the first one I know of to say it. Any business that makes their business vaccine only will lose my business forever. Yeah. Without exception, without note, without anything. I will never step foot in your business again. If you make your, if you are willing to exclude the people that are not vaccinated again, what if they have natural immunity? What about my, what about my eight year old son? So the rest of the family, if we were vaccinated, we can go out to eat, but he can't come. It's the dumbest thing in the world. And you're asking businesses to do this. Like, you little wannabe authoritarians. Sit down, shut up, and go to the back of the room. Let people live their life. If you're vaccinated, apparently now with the newest thing from the CDC, is this a good time or do you want more to say on Cuomo? Uh, no, we can move. All right. CDC just came out at the uh, end of the week last week and said with this new variant, the vaccinated are equally and sometimes more likely to spread COVID than the unvaccinated. Yeah, so did you read this thing? I don't know if they conducted a study in Provincetown, Massachusetts. They did but, like contact tracing. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I'll read some from the article here. So uh, obviously this is a uh, a tourist hotspot, you know, 4th of July weekend, big time to uh, travel and vacation. And uh, so they did a, a st I guess they, they have a study here. I'm not going to click on the link because I want to read from here. 
um, but this was published Friday by the CDC. It said 469 COVID cases were identified in Massachusetts residents who had traveled to Barnstable County, which includes Provincetown, uh, from July 3rd to July 17th. The cases were associated with multiple summer events and large public gatherings. Roughly three quarters of those cases were among fully vaccinated people. So of the 469, 75%, which is that, what, 300 and something, mm-hmm. is were vaccin- fully vaccinated people. So this coupled, you know, this let, got Fauci out uh, basically saying that the, uh, I don't, he called them titers in the nasal pharynx, uh, were identical uh, in vaccinated versus unvaccinated people, thus ushering in mask 3.0, 2.0, whatever this is. I don't know, whatever phase mask this is. Uh, did you get your, did you get that update from the governor? Did he talk about which mask phase we were in today? God, never miss those. Pay attention all the time. So anyway, this... This has called caused confusion. Um, some interesting statements I want to kind of get out there as we kind of talk about all this stuff. Um, Fauci has also said uh, that he doesn't foresee lockdowns coming again. Maybe he's taking a uh, gauge of world events that are going around in other places that are trying to lock down. Possibly. Um, and so I, you know, I don't know that. Also, going back to your, your governor a little bit. Uh, he also said he doesn't. He's not going to implement a state mandate for masks. So he's going to leave it to the local officials, the local governments, to kind of determine a mask mandate. I'm not sure if he's just trying to get out of the crosshairs. Um, yes, I'm sure. Um, but both those two things from those two people go counter to what we have seen from them in the past. So do you? think that there is a shifting tide big enough that they see it. Yes, I do. I think that a lot of people are, are this just doesn't make sense. And, and any way you want to slice it down here. Okay. So let's follow this. All there has to be, there's no way that Andrew Cuomo doesn't want to instill more rules and retain more power. And so real quickly, you know, we have this nuanced thing called the New York state fair happening, uh, August 20th to labor day, uh, September 5th, whatever that is. Heck yeah. Do you think that that has anything to do with his uh, reluctance to institute a mask mandate or any restrictions or lockdowns? Of course. It's his baby. It's He loves the fair. Um, he likes to eat sausage. He likes to give them to female reporters and ask them to take the whole thing in front of him at the fair. It's his thing, guys. It's cool. That's his place. So I couldn't have <laughs> that's a little, fair. little body. The, uh, it seems as though that... The fair versus the lockdown slash mask mandates uh, are going to converge almost simultaneously where they're going to be like, okay, we need to do something if this transpires as the trajectory we're going now. Right. And then the fair is going to be, as uh, Cuomo has already said, open at 100% capacity. So um, I find that a interesting nuance here specifically. Uh, I can't imagine our county executive implementing a lockdown or a mask mandate in the face of the governor while the fair is going on. Um, that would be quite interesting on a side note and disappointing on a personal level. But right. um, I, we have a lot of stuff going on, and it's led to a lot of confusion. So we also have schools starting, right? I mean, CDC basically said we want masks on all K-12 through students and staff. I mean, starting in September. I, I mean, I don't know where we're going to go with all this stuff, but there's a lot of moving parts. Uh, I'm not sure that we're in uh, 
uh, in the bullseye like we were early in the, the beginning part of this pandemic because our, you know, here in our county, our death rate's been zero for at least a week. Um, hey, what's the death rate in Sweden? Zero for oh, weeks. Weird. Yeah, they did a little differently than everybody else. I guess they should have locked down harder. Maybe more masks. Probably. Definitely made a mandatory all over the place because that would somehow they could have gotten below zero if they would have just followed the science. And so I wonder, you know, we talked about trying to have regional implementation of these uh, uh, lockdown measures in the past, and you know, it seems as though our governor has hinted that he's going to let the counties and or cities. Uh, determine this unless you actually work for him then he's full authoritarian he's going to make you uh, vaccinated at least anyway but i didn't see a mask mandate for the state employees no right so it's just not yet. He's, he's really just on the vaccine still yes i think i mean i would anticipate that's coming there's going to be especially for state employees there's going to be mask rules that'd be my guess yeah, my I'd, head. I'd be interested because like i said if if do you see red do you see like, the quote i sent you from cuomo he basically says the Delta variant spreads too fast for mass to work. So that, whatever. I'm oh just saying God. he's he's giving he's giving outs to people to not implement the mask mandate. I just want to make sure I heard that correctly. The Delta variant spreads too fast for mass to stop it. Yeah, the quote is actually: regardless of what local governments do on masks, they won't be enough to stop the new surge of for the, by themselves. Cuomo said the Delta variant spreads too quickly. That's amazing. Do you know that there's when you get tests for COVID, they don't actually know if you have the Delta variant or not. I did not know that actually. Yeah, so there's no actually they they they, they can do additional testing on top of that, but when to you go out. and get your test, like they don't know that it's Delta or not. That's too funny. So I'm not sure. Where they're getting all the information, Delta versus not Delta variants, and how they're determining that people have the Delta variant or the Lambda variant. Sure. Have you heard of the Lambda variant? That's coming next. Let's Just see. so you know. Let's go to the Lambda Just be ready. <laughs> Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. Let's not go there. I know. All right. Um, so I do want to kind of bring up our county specifically because our county has now moved into what the CDC calls substantial COVID transmission level, right? So we are technically now, as of yesterday, moved into the, hey, you dummies, you need to wear a mask county. Are we on double secret probation? Um, I have not seen a statement from, we are one of like 20 something counties in New York, mostly downstate, but now there's a couple of like Albany County now and Onondaga. Um, So supposedly uh, our county executive, uh, Ryan McMahon, Guest on episode something back in June. Uh, you can go look that back up. I don't know what episode it was. Sorry. Um, him and uh, uh, Dr. Gupta, our Department of Health uh, uh, lead, is going to uh, do a comprehensive and accurate update for the public sometime today. So I don't expect them to implement a mask mandate when we have, you know, four people in the ICU, no deaths, and like, you know, 50 cases. But, um, It'll be interesting to see how the local officials play, for lack of a better word, this versus what, how they did, how it went when the state was basically dictating their their policies. So I wonder if they learned anything. I wonder if they uh, found that any of this stuff worked or didn't work. And I wonder if they're going to use that information gathered in the first round and the second round. You think? No. You think we're just going to just blindly just stick our head in the sand and do whatever we that makes us feel good i think the people in power at present are insane and the very definition of insanity would say just keep doing the same thing over and over again even if it doesn't work and i mean no disrespect to county executive mcmahon i don't necessarily mean he's insane uh but whoever's advising him is 
and whoever he keeps following the advice of is because this is nuts. Like the fact that we're still talking about masks is insane. The yeah. fact that school closures are an option is insane. The fact that we're putting masks on kindergartners is insane. I, I, I got nothing. I, I, I just can't fathom how we, how we keep doing the same thing over and over and over. But if I've learned anything over the last year and a half, it's that when given the choice, always bet on stupid because stupid is going to win. Stupid and scared is going to win at every decision in this entire pandemic. Well, Stupid and scared may lead, but do not comply is going to be able to take this out if you need to. So that's, oh, yeah. that's the way you're out. So like, you know, I'm going to e- easy, low hanging fruit. So uh, maybe you're familiar with Congressman Thomas Massey, uh, Kentucky, one of my favorite uh, politicians that sure. actually still uh, uh, is classifies himself as a politician. Um, Congressman in Kentucky, if you guys don't know, he and his staff are basically because uh, your girl, Nancy Pelosi there uh, instituted a mask policy on the House side of the Capitol building, but on the Senate side, like you could walk from one side to the other, right in the same building. It's amazing. Yeah. So the House side, the House side of the Capitol building has a mask mandate to protect everybody, but the Senate side has yet to uh, implement that mask mandate. So when in doubt, just take a couple steps to the other side of the the chamber there and you'll be fine. And then I can Um, yell back to the House side from the Senate side, right? But Massey, uh, Congressman Massey and his staff have basically defied that order and has been... Thumbed their nose? Has just been not wearing masks anyway and basically walking around and uh, has sued. uh, There's a $500 fine for each one of them for every day that they do this, whatever. And uh, Thomas Massey sued uh, Nancy Pelosi. So we'll see if that... uh, Yeah, we'll see how that all unfolds. I I like Massey. Real quick thing on masks. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm I'm looking for some insight. I've, I've talked to three or four people that know more about this than I do, and none of them have actually been able to answer this question yet. I'm not saying there's not an answer, just this is my common sense brain working. So we know that COVID spreads via aerosolized transmissions, and I'm going to intermix aerosolized and airborne. I know they're technically do different things, but for right now, let's just keep it simple. And so it spreads aerosolized particles, and it spreads via droplet transmission. So... Quick lesson is my understanding is a droplet transmission would mean you have COVID on a particle, a droplet that's in your mouth. And when you speak, sing, breathe, talk, yell, whatever, the droplet shoots out and it has a range somewhere between six and 15 feet flying through the air. And then that droplet hits somebody else. Or goes directly into somebody else's mouth or eyes and they breathe it in through the air. Or they touch it and then they touch their eyes or they touch their mouth with your droplet on their hand. Now the droplet, as it falls to the ground, is virtually no threat any longer. And it dies relatively quickly because it gets out in the UV light and it, it gravity pulls it to the ground and it that's it. All right, so COVID can spread that way. Aerosolized means the particle that COVID is on is so small It does not respond to gravity. So gravity is not going to pull it to the ground. It's like a hundred times smaller. And all it does when you breathe it out, it just hangs in the air for hours at a time. Now, when you're outdoors, it's still radically behaving particulate rat. Thank you. That was the word radically behaving particulate means it doesn't respond to gravity. It just does whatever it wants. So if you're outside, same thing, ultraviolet light will kill it relatively quickly. Um, but it's much smaller. It can get through any mask. There's no arguing. There's no arguments on this. Everybody acknowledges that a, that a aerosolized particle is too small for any mask to fully stop. An N95 won't even have enough, a 100%. I think an N95 has like a 70% uh, 
or 80% effective rate at blocking when they're properly fitted and, and everything else because the particles are just so small. Anyways, so you breathe that out. It goes in the air. It hangs out in the air. So if you're inside, especially, it's just there and it'll last. It'll hang in the air for hours. It doesn't go 6, 12 feet and then drop. It literally just hangs in the air with the COVID on it for hours at a time. And then if I happen to walk by afterwards and breathe that, or if you walk by after I breathe, you breathe in, that gets into your lungs. And there's a ton of them. Like you're breathing out all of these tiny little particles. So then you step in and you breathe them in. And then that's the other way that COVID is transmitted. So knowing that these are the two main drivers, okay? On the one side, you have droplets, six feet, hit the ground, dead. On the other side, you have aerosolized transmission. Can't be stopped by a mass hanging in the air for hours at a time and breathing it in is actually smaller and easier for your body to take it in and have it stick to your lungs. And yet every health organization in the country and I think in the world still calls droplet transmission the primary means of spread. How in the world, if you had those two things, how could droplet transmission be more common than aerosolized transmission? Yeah, it's not. Like, this defies physics, chemistry, biology, science. Like, you have these two means, and you're telling me that the droplet that got shot out six feet, maybe 12 feet, and then hits the ground because gravity pulls it down, is causing more than me just going out. Let's say I have COVID and I'm symptomatic and I decide to go out anyway. And I'm just breathing through a mask or not all out in the open in a store where there's no sunlight. And then other people are walking in and hitting that and breathing that in. You're telling me the droplet is more common than aerosolized? This just doesn't make sense to me. Like, if it does to you, please explain it to me because I, I genuinely don't understand. I'm not even saying I'm right. I just need it explained in a way that makes sense. Because right now, I, I keep asking people this, and I haven't been able to get anybody that says, oh, it's because of X, Y, and Z. It's, yeah. Like, it defies reason. Yeah, it can't, it, whoever's still claiming that it's primarily droplet transmission is just flat out wrong. So, um you know, there's been enough reporting and articles uh, within the last few months specifically that have shown that it to be aerosolized and that. But they all say know. it's both, and which is fine if it's both. Sure. But how in the world would you possibly expect the droplet to be the primary and the aerosolized be like, well, a few of them are from aerosolized. Like, what? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Now, like I said, I, I do think that the narrative is breaking on masks. Uh, did you read the article that had, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if I shared it to you or sent it to you, but I shared it online someplace um, where there was a doctor from Sage, which is kind of like the uh, UK version of the NIH, I think, um, basically came out and said masks are comfort blankets. He's like, they don't do anything. Um, I heard, I didn't see the article, but I heard yeah, about and this. And so when I see more public, uh, you know, basically... Uh, stating that masks don't work from more prominent people, I feel like we're I'm more progress. encouraged when I hear stuff like Cuomo says, you know, masks don't work to stop the Delta. Whether or not that's right or right, I don't, I'm not. Think about the stupidity of that. You know that's I not know, an accurate but statement. But like, you I'm, know it doesn't stop any of I'm them. I'm looking for reasons for people in power to have realized that they were wrong and that they're not going to redo this again. COVID is, the Delta variant, by all accounts, is more contagious, less deadly than the previous Alpha and whatever else. Fine. You're telling me that the masks don't work this time because it spreads too fast? You're an idiot. Like If, if you can get on board, like, well, they could never institute mask mandates fast enough. Like, get it, can they just come out and be like, everybody wear a mask. It's mandated immediately. Within two or three days, everybody will be wearing a mask. We saw it last time. Yeah. So I you're telling me the reason it can't happen is because the transmission's too fast? 
Yeah, the how gullible are you? The transmission speed seems almost irrelevant. How gullible could you possibly be to have put any faith in that sentence? I mean, literally, use your critical thinking, people. How in the world could that possibly be true? Same with the aerosolized versus drop. Like, I don't see how these things could add up. And yet we're being told this day in and day out by our media, by our health officials, by our politicians. And at some point, just why are we being lied to? Like, there's no way this could possibly be true. There's no way the Delta variant is so fast that it cannot. That that's why the masks won't work this time around. You're yeah. full of it. Yeah, that, I mean, listen, that that assertion seems ridiculous. Um, oh, New York State Teachers Union says they do not support vaccine mandates. Holy crap! Just seeing that through the Twitter's machine here. So their their members must have spoken up because that's the first thing <clears throat> they've done that has gone against the grain in the, two years. <clears throat> New York State United Teachers issued the following statement today regarding COVID nineteen. We have advocated since the beginning of the year that any educator who wants a vaccine should have easy access to one. We would support local efforts to encourage more vaccines, such as through programs that require that those who are not vaccinated get tested on a regular basis. But it's critical that districts come up with a plan to make testing available on site and no cost. What we have not supported is a vaccine mandate. Good. That's a step in the right direction, at least. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Uh, That's a good thing. All right. Now, listen, just keep in mind what we just talked about. Nobody in the world on any side of this debate is arguing that the mass can stop aerosolized particles. You won't find any person with any sort of credibility claiming that the part of the mask will stop aerosolized particles. It's freely acknowledged. They are so small. The masks are wholly ineffective, especially just a cloth mask. It doesn't work. So think about that when we're talking about mask mandates and mask encouragement. Why? We know it doesn't work. There, unless you believe that droplet is the primary means over aerosolized, in which case... I, I mean, I don't even know what else to tell you. Like, that that's crazy unless you can show me something to show me I'm wrong. But it, it, logically, it doesn't check out. But I'll just go a step further with this encouraging masking and encouraging vaccinated people only. Vaccinated people are spreading COVID. At least early indications are about as likely as unvaccinated people. So now you're only going to allow vaccinated people into your business. Well, why? Well, because we want to protect people. Well, they're already vaccinated, so they're already protected, aren't they? So if I come in unvaccinated and without a mask on, am I, why am I a threat to a vaccinated person? You could spread it and they could still get it. Okay. All right, but why are you wearing a mask? Well, I don't want to spread it to you, and I want to be safe because you're not vaccinated. Well, we've already acknowledged the mask is not personal protective equipment. It only is source control, LOL, and it has never been claimed to actually have any impact on stopping you from getting it. So you're a vaccinated person. You're going to wear a mask so that you don't infect me as an unvaccinated person. I, on behalf of unvaccinated people everywhere, take the mask off. Don't take do me any favors. Off. I'm good. I, truly, I feel very confident speaking for unvaccinated people in this regard. Take your mask off. I don't care. And that's the problem is now you know that it spreads just as easily. So the vaccinated people wearing a mask, spreading it to another vaccinated person, and now suddenly the claim to fame for vaccines is, well, it's not that it would stop you from spreading it. It's that it stops you from getting really seriously ill. Yeah. Just like my vaccine for smallpox, I just want a mild case of smallpox. Yeah. Or when I get my vaccine for measles and mumps, or I got my kids all those vaccines recently. No, it wasn't recently. It was seven or eight years ago, the last one. But I'm just hoping for a mild case, not that they don't get it. Same with polio. Really hoping for a mild polio case this time around. It's not the point of vaccines, guys. And I get the argument. Well, it's like a flu shot. No, it's worse than a flu shot. It's, it's, wor- it's not even as effective as a flu shot at this point. There's studies out of Israel coming out that are not 
promising. No, not for Pfizer for sure. Yeah, and look, I remember having this conversation with somebody when they first started making the claim that it appeared the vaccines actually did help stop spread too. And I read the study and I laughed. Yeah, they claimed ninety five percent effectively, right, bro? Yes. And I was talking to a guy and he, and he said he just got vaccinated. And I said, you know, good for you, man. I, I whatever, that's fine. He said, you're still not getting it. And I said, no, I, there's no point. He goes, well, it, they're saying that they, it'll stop the spread. I said, no, it won't. And he laughed. He rolled his eyes at me and goes, oh, yeah, it's just no talking to you. You just don't understand. Like, listen, I read the article you read. Did you click on a link to the study? And he's like, I'm done. I said, okay, fine. And now here we are. That was six months ago, probably yeah, five months ago, four months ago, whatever it is. And here we are. Now the data is coming out showing it's not. The reason this was obvious early on is because the Pfizer in particular, I don't have as good a data on Moderna and how they set it up. They set the trial so it couldn't lose. They set the, the vaccine efficacy and safety trial in a way that it was so statistically likely to come out appearing successful that the study itself is a joke. I feel like the average age of those uh, participants was like 51. 51, and only 20% had any comorbidities. That is not a snapshot of the real world. Yeah, no, 75% of all COVID deaths have five to seven comorbidities. Right. Five to seven. Some of them had upwards of 10. Like, you're basically dead if you have 10 comorbidities. (laughs) Like, listen, the data breaks down very clearly. If you, the older that you are, your, your immune system is not as strong as you get older. It's just the way that we age in this country. I don't know if it's true worldwide, but here, that's what happens. So we get older, the, the, it gets worse and this body and this virus will attack and it'll take you out. Now, Young people not dying of COVID. Unless, no, you're, unless you're obese. And the only risk factor. The only. Well, I shouldn't say that. Hypertension was, well, there was some correlation. That's usually from being from obese. From being obese. Yeah, it's, it's hard to be hypertensive and not obese. So that's, that's a fair point. But there was one or two others that were, like, you would know. Even all the kids they said died of COVID. Every single child who actually died of COVID as any proximal cause was already at significant risk of viral infection, of a respiratory virus killing them. It was kids with very significant pre-existing conditions. So your average healthy kid walking around is at 0% threat of getting it, of spreading it, of doing anything else. Statistically, zero. People under the age of 30, same thing. Basically, 0% threat. All right? Now, they set this trial up, all right? A couple more things on how they designed this trial. You go into an urgent care facility and say, I have no symptoms, but I'd like to get tested for COVID, please. And they say, sure, no problem. They jam a Q-tip up your nose, and two days later, they come back and tell you, hey, bad news, you've got COVID. Positive test, because we set the thing to 35 cycles or 40 cycles, and bam, you tested positive. You got to quarantine for two weeks. Okay, that's the standard. That means you have COVID or you don't have COVID. Except in the trial for the people that were vaccinated, the only way that it said you have COVID is if you had a positive test plus two or more minor symptoms or one major symptom, respiratory, like clear respiratory distress, stuff like that. So you had to have a clinical diagnosis confirmed by a test. It's a crazy thought, right? Now, I don't. I think that is the right way that we should be testing for COVID. But if you're comparing everybody else by regular cases, just any positive test, and you're testing vaccinated people as a symptom or two minor symptoms, plus a a positive test, that's different. You're skewing it. You're skewing it by having your average age be 51 because the people that are really at risk of dying of this virus are 80. 
They're not 50. That's a huge difference in, in where you are health-wise. But they set it up average age 51. And I don't even know how they found 80% of this many people to not have comorbidities. Like, that's crazy. We live in America. Like, everybody has comorbidities of some level here. I don't even know how you found 80% of however many people this was that didn't have comorbidities. Like, okay, so you tested younger people that were not a significantly, uh, statistically significant risk of dying of COVID. Yeah, or they just hung outside of gyms. At, it may be. And then you came in and said, okay, comorbidities only in 20% of the population. You set this up to pass. That was it. Because you didn't test the right people. They, you didn't want to know the truth. Then it gets even sadder. So they didn't start tracking the efficacy of the vaccine until post seven days after the second shot. So that's three weeks of time in between. And that we now know that is pretty likely is you actually have a period of time after your first shot that you are far more likely to get COVID than the average person. Like you are at a particularly susceptible point of getting COVID after the first shot. So you didn't test until after the seventh day, and then you're claiming 95% efficacy. 95% because you didn't count anybody that got it after the first shot. Also, knowing that, if, uh, I don't know what the exact percentage is, but knowing that some people in this study group got COVID after the first shot, and now you're going to tell me it's all vaccine immunity? Or are you sure it's no natural immunity involved whatsoever with why it's so um, effective? And the way that they, they never really tested spread. It was always looking back over the, the thing and saying like, yeah, no, it didn't. But keep in mind, like if you went in and got a positive test and then you spread it to somebody else, they didn't count that. Like, I, I don't know what to do with this information. This is insanity. So you, everybody's so confused. How could this happen? It's because the test was bullshit from the beginning. These trials are nonsense. And somehow... Dr. Fauci, Dr. Walensky, the smartest and the best public health officials in the world, looked them over and went, been proven safe and effective. Let's rush full authorization. Never mind the fact that all they had adverse effects being measured in these initial trials that were far greater than they were letting on. And you're still seeing it now. If you're a person under the age of 30, you're something like 10 times more likely to be hospitalized from a reaction to the vaccine than you would be from covid 10 times more likely like and we're claiming that we want to force this on kids you people are sick oh my god you got a virus that is of no significant threat to these people whatsoever and a vaccine that poses a substantial risk of at least negative significant negative side effects i don't know about death time will tell like it's an uncomfortable level of correlation right now but i'm not claiming any causation on that i'm saying keep your mind open because this is weird it's not, it's not promising. And knowing that this is how the Pfizer set up their trial, they set it up to cover up the real data and to make sure the thing was approved, actual safety records be damned, actual efficacy be damned. We don't care. Because if you really wanted to know if your vaccine worked, who would you cover? Who would you test it on if you really wanted to know if this vaccine would stop people from dying? The old and the, uh, the obese. That's it, really. That's the list. Right. Like, this is not rocket science. This is like testing uh, people's driving ability and then including kids that are 12 and don't drive. And being like, well, they didn't have any accidents. Because well, they we, don't drive. Can't we go back to the, uh, the all those people who got the placebo and check against them? Yeah. What they happened with the placebo? I'm trying to remember. Uh, they just got re re get rid of it and just gave everybody the shot anyway. 
Oh, that's they, right. They cut it short. Yeah. They cut they it short. They gave everybody this. They, they literally destroyed the, 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 the data set. Yeah. So it's no longer like a randomized control no. because you took the control group and gave them all the yeah. vaccine. And now, out of Israel, they're saying, look, after six... Like, Pfizer came out and said, you're going to need booster shots. And the government, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't know that. Like, really? Because the people that made it, designed the trial, are were all ready to go with these booster shots. They had it all loaded up in the holster and ready to fire. And you're not sure? Huh. Your card's got a couple extra blanks for it. What's that? Your vaccine yeah, card. Yeah, your vaccine card has... Has, has a other and a line three and line four. Weird. It's almost like this was known. And if you choose not to follow any of this, God bless you. I don't even care. Good for you. You live in a free country-ish where you are uh, entitled to make your own decisions with inalienable rights ordained upon you by the creator, whatever deity you believe in. You are born with those rights. If you choose to go down that path, great. Here's all I ask. Just try to stifle your inner authoritarian a little bit. Just try to stop yelling at me in your ignorance about how I'm dangerous when I'm telling you I'm reading these studies, I'm looking at all of this, I'm being as objective as humanly possible. I'm human. I'm never fully objective. None of us are. But I'm trying my best to get answers. And every time I ask questions or point out something that doesn't match up, I get 10 idiots yelling at me about how ignorant and stupid I am. And then my response every time is, did you read these studies? No. Why would I read the studies? No, because that's what they have the news for. They, they want to be lazy and just get the information fed to them. I'm not an epidemiologist. Neither am I, but I know how to read English, and I know what math looks like, and I know if you have a virus that is particularly deadly for people over the age of 80 and those who are morbidly obese and have hypertension, if you want to find out if your cure works, you test it on people that are over 80, have comorbidities, including obesity and hypertension. You don't go test it on 51-year-old, perfectly healthy people. Think about how many people the age of 50 have no comorbidities. Yeah, and figure like uh, the average is 51 so most of them were half of them are younger right this is crazy like how do you even find a 50 year old with no comorbidities in america they don't exist i'm right here are you 50 uh in april all right we'll see you're young shut up you don't count but all the same like this doesn't this doesn't track and and then you ignore the three weeks post shot when it's very obvious people are developing it right then yeah so even if you could claim the best thing about the vaccine is it does give you some short-term immunity after your second shot you already got COVID after the first shot, and then you're counting that as a win. The way this trial is designed, that counts as the vaccine worked. If you got COVID after your first shot, that counted as vaccine prevented you from getting COVID. And then you went and said 95% efficacy for people not getting significantly sick. Guys, the risk of a 51-year-old perfectly healthy person with no comorbidities getting sick is about zero. What are we doing? This is why I said it earlier in the show. Anytime in this whole thing, if I have learned anything, bet on stupid. Because stupid has a remarkable winning streak going against logic and reason right now. And this is going to go badly one of two ways. Either the people are going to continue with their little authoritarian despotism and trying to yell at everybody else on what to do, or... Enough people are finally going to get fed up with this, and enough people are finally going to get exposed to the actual information and data, stand up and go, no, I'm not playing your stupid game anymore. I'm out. You have lied to me from day one. You have not stopped lying to me for a year and a half, and now you're still lying to me now, and then have the balls to ask why I don't trust you. Yeah, I'm with you, buddy.
I had to get that off my chest. That no, one's been really bothering me. It's all fair. Uh, they are, like I said, I, the biggest thing that's going to stop all this is do not comply, right? So that there's just going to be enough people who are just going to say no and go about their business and do what they need to do anyway. And if enough of us do it, there's nothing they can do to stop us. So Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, no business that I own is going to exclude unvaccinated persons, period. I give you one guess as to why. If, even if I was fully vaccinated, I would say the same thing. Like, absolutely not. There's no way we are excluding people because it doesn't make sense. It's a terrible business decision. It's a terrible business decision, and it Otherwise, doesn't follow any science. Regardless of what your governor thinks. We've just laid out that, all right, it looks like equal opportunity to spread. If you are if you wear a mask, you're, it doesn't do anything, but even the claim is source-controlled, which is nonsensical. The vaccine is going to just prevent you. Now, the only thing they're claiming, the vaccine is just going to stop you from getting really sick and you're going to have a mild case, but you're just as likely to spread it to other people. All right, cool. Why are you allowed in the store and I'm not? Why? Because you have all the same risk factors as me, except the only advantage is if you and I both get COVID, I am allegedly statistically more likely to get very sick and die than you. Why is it any of your business if I am in this store and whether or not I've gotten vaccinated? That is doesn't make sense this is not a measure that is going to have any sort of impact and anybody out there cheering it on is either an ignorant human being or is a complete and total piece of garbage as a human or i'm just going to give an option c that they have had their brain scrambled by uh watching too much news i'm going to claim that in the ignorance i'm yes, throwing all that say, in that's together. part of, i was gonna say that's part of the ignorance part because if you have this conversation with somebody what is the, what is the comeback to that statement of so wait a minute, you don't want, but you know you are now at risk of both getting and spreading COVID, similar to an unvaccinated person. Well, yeah, but it's your fault it mutated. This is another thing. I need somebody to answer this question for me. This is, this is one I really don't know yet. If I'm not vaccinated and COVID in its first form can get in and infect me and transmit out without you know the protection of the vaccine, why would it mutate in me? Yeah, it doesn't. Why wouldn't it be the vaccinated? Like, wasn't that how viruses and everything do evolve is that it hits something that it's it can't go and so it works around whereas like we didn't have any variants pre-vaccine am i the only one who finds that weird no if you talk to geert vandenbosch he's been calling it for months basically saying that we should never he's a vaccinologist by the way he has been saying we should never be uh uh, administering a uh, mass vaccination effort within the middle of a pandemic because you're going to spawn variants I, the dates check out because i don't remember a single variant until we had vaccines so the unvaccinated people i just don't understand why it would do that and the, the whole thing about well this percentage of population in hospitals is unvaccinated it's again nonsense let's go back to pcr test real quick i know we got to wrap up i'm sorry you're still testing unvaccinated people on pcr tests set to somewhere between 35 and 40 cycles any positive test above 35 cycles is a 97 percent chance that it's a false positive but you're still testing vaccinated people to those levels. Unvaccinated people, PCR tests are set to 28 cycles. That's it. Because they said, oh, they're only worried about real serious cases of COVID and the vaccinated for breakthrough. So again, you're measuring things differently and then calling them the same and drawing conclusions. You don't have to be an epidemiologist to figure out why this is stupid or nefarious. Like you don't have to be a scientist or a doctor to look at that and go, that you okay it's fine if you want to do that but then you can't draw that comparison afterwards because it's two different things now yeah and like i said honestly following up on your pcr i think it's like 
70% above 25 are false positives. So it's like, Good Lord. it's still like, what are we even doing? <laughs> it's still, what are we doing? And an average year when this is all behind us, if it ever is go to your doctor with no symptoms and ask for a flu flu test. See if they'll give it to you. Just see, just, I'd like a flu test, please. Like you have any symptoms? No. Any known exposures? Well, I was near somebody. Were you going anywhere like, like with an immunocompromised person? No, I'm just hanging out. They're not going to give you a flu test because it's insane to have these tests being conducted without a clinical diagnosis first. They are meant to confirm a clinical diagnosis. They are not meant to, in and of themselves, determine who is and is not sick. Fair. I'm good. All right. On that note, are you really good, or do you have any uh, last words of wisdom, or are we just doing do not comply? If you really want to find out why the virus is spreading at different times and dropping at different times, that has nothing to do with the vaccine. Look at seasonality. It's weird that they introduced the vaccine right at the end of peak flu season and cases went down, and now we're coming out of that, and we're going to go back into flu season, and cases are going back up. It's really remarkable. Sorry. That's it. Now I'm done for real. All righty. Well, then. Until we all meet again uh, next Monday uh, for episode 61, I want to thank everybody for joining us here for episode 60 of Sports Clicks and Politics. Uh, If you haven't already, be sure to like and share this video. Uh, um, Hit that subscribe uh, button there and uh, hit that notification bell also, and you'll be notified when we get new uh, content. If you guys want to uh, support the show, you can do that by going to uh, anchor.fm backslash scap, S-C-A-P-P, and you can uh, either become a one-time or recurring uh, donation member or contributing member to uh, the show here. So on that note, we will see you all again next Monday and thank you for tuning in.